Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and I have a treat for you all tonight. Um, I have Troy Elke, and he is a Friday the 13th theoretician who has a lot of theories about the Friday the 13th franchise, and I have been looking for this interview for so long. Hi, Troy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing great. I've been waiting for this interview for a long time now. I mean, since we, since Greg basically got me your uh, your number and you know set this up, and I'm really excited to start diving into Friday the Thirteenth. Well, fantastic. Awesome. So we're gonna go in uh, in. Um, in uh, like the order of the movies, I wrote them out. Uh, so we'll start off with the 1980 Friday the 13th. And uh, the first question I got is, um, what are your theories on the marriage and relationship of Mrs. Voorhees and Jason's father, Elias? Okay, so I, I would like to first state that my theories uh, are off the movies themselves. I ignore all graphic novels, books, stories, comics, any of that. And so I have I have put in my own my my whole point is fixing the timeline. Right. Because as you know, there's a lot of <laughs> gaping holes and stuff. So I've been working on fixing that. Now so what I have for the relationship between Elias and Pamela is in the late thirties they met and had a whirlwind romance. Uh, they got married right away, uh, too early. By the second year, uh, you know, they were, everything was getting really rocky. And uh, <clears throat> so they had a pretty rocky marriage. And then, uh, you know, he, he, did, uh, he did a lot of, he was a hunter and a fisher, worked a lot at the mills. But, and he did logging and he did kind of a lot of different stuff so he didn't have one exact job all the time but he was always working and uh, so their their marriage was terrible I mean and, but you know it was really rocky he was getting more uh, more and more abusive and distant and so uh, and, and she was uh, he was accusing her of having an affair and then she got pregnant so this kind of settled everything down and they thought perhaps this is this is maybe what they need maybe they could salvage this relationship now that they have a child and as the pregnancy went along he seemed to be more and more suspicious more you know wondering if that's his baby and getting kind of like that way and then uh, she had the child and when he saw that thing he was like holy shit you know and, and, and so he was he was even more now uh, you know it was that hit him on top of his suspicions so now he's not even sure if he wanted this thing you know or whatever so they tried to, to just go on about their lives and uh, be a family and he just after this it was the last round with the kids he started to really start to dream then the more he drank the more he resented this child and the more he accused her of having an affair and so what I have is uh, she was cooking breakfast one morning in the cabin big cast iron skillet she's frying some bacon and stuff and 
little Jason's in his high chair by the table and Elias comes in the room and sits down kind of next to Jason you know in this typical bad mood reeking like alcohol and uh, <clears throat> Jason knocks over his his food bowl and it kind of splashes all over the table and shit well Elias just backhands it boom just backhands this kid knocks his his, uh, his whole high chair and everything over well by the time he could turn back around Pamela had turned around with that cast iron skillet and she beat his skull into just mm. powder I mean she beat him and beat him to where crushed the side of his face in like smashed his eye socket down burned it all up she just beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him till he was you know dead or dying and then um well that okay so then uh yeah and then she uh basically she uh at this point Jason had his chair had fallen over and he had gotten out of his chair and he had stood up now and he was holding a knife and he was like shaking and and uh, <clears throat> that's when Pamela uh, you know looked over at uh, Elias on the floor and looked at Jason and said it's all done you've done your job well and mommy is pleased now come to mommy mommy has a reward for you so Jason looks down at Elias and starts to squeeze the knife handle again Pamela or, I mean, Pamela said, Jason, mother is talking to you. Directs him over towards Elias, points down to his bloodied face and says, come, kneel down. He kneels and looks at Elias and he smiles. Pamela says, that's my good boy. And then Elias slips into unconsciousness. That's when she dumps his body in the lake. And at that point, she becomes very free. She feels liberated. And uh, that's pretty much how their relationship went there. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so in the beginning of the movie, we see an unknown figure, who was apparently Mrs. Voorhees, kill Barry and Claudette. But is there any theories on how Claudette was killed? Because we see Barry get killed, but we don't see the death on screen of Claudette. Um, no, I honestly, I think she was just stabbed there too. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like that one's pretty kind of self-explanatory there. It just seemed to me like she just got stabbed and we got that nice open mouth shot, you know? Right. I think, and I, I know there was behind the scenes pics and everything of, you know, the, the knife going towards the throat and everything. So, um, obviously cause Barry was stabbed with the hunting knife in the stomach. So it's kind of, I, I didn't know if there was anything more to the, the more to that story, but, uh, I, yes, yeah, it is kind of self-explanatory at that point. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, what are your theories on the whole Alice Hardy and Steve Christie relationship? Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that a summer or maybe even a couple of summers before, uh, young Alice came in to, uh, you know, she had worked with Steve obviously before. Right. And uh, I feel like uh, he was the older guy and he took advantage of her. And uh, <clears throat> so when she had come back this time, she wasn't, she wasn't falling for it this time. She wasn't gonna, <laughs> I think she was realizing now that she was older and matured that this guy had taken advantage of her and was generally kind of a, 
kind of a creep. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see what have we got here. Uh, what are your theories on the fact that Jason didn't really drown in the lake, as Mrs. Voorhees is led to believe? Okay, this ties into a lot of my stuff here. So Jason, um, <clears throat> he snuck out at night and tried to go swimming by himself. Now, he did this because, you know, he didn't want to do it in front of the other kids, and the other kids make fun of him, and he felt stupid, He did, you know, and, and he, so he wanted so desperately to be, you know, part of the, the normal group of kids or whatever, and be able to do what they do and be normal, that he decided to go out. He was going to earn that swimming badge himself, damn it. He was going to prove to them by the next day that he had it figured out. And obviously it didn't go so well for him. So basically he struggled in that lake for a couple of hours. I mean, just barely struggling. And more or less, he ended up across the lake in like the reeds offshore, barely alive, where he was then picked up by someone A very special someone who, <laughs> uh, I'll be getting to here. Um, so, okay, let's go through your questions first, and then I'll just rip through my uh, my whole thing here. It's kind of covering it as we go, pretty much. But. Okay, no problem. Um, okay, I guess I'll add a bonus question in. This is this, yeah. This doesn't happen until like pretty much part four ish. Um, but uh, I was wondering, um, how does Jason then know how to be in the water? Um, if he didn't know how to swim as a boy and he drown, supposedly drowned in the lake. Like, we see him, you know, drown, you know, Sandra in part seven, and we see him jump out of the water to kill, you know, Judy Arns and Samantha in part four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, ha- he does has spent a lot of time coming out of the water in several different ways. Yes. Um, I think there's, there's two possibilities here. Um, one is after his near drowning to where... I mean, he was just on the brink, on the verge of death when he was washed up in the reeds and found. Um, I think that uh, he either no longer cared about the water or even dying at that point. Um, You know, and either that or he was actually taught after that how to be more, uh, how how to swim better. Okay. Alright, um, so what are your theories on the end of the movie with young Jason pulling Alice into the water? Because obviously Jason isn't dead as seen in the sequels, so was it just a dream, or was it a hallucination, or was it actually yes, reality? Yes. So, <clears throat> according to, I believe it was Sean S. Cunningham, that took me a while to find it, but part one was simply a dream sequence. Okay. Part two when he jumps to the window and Ginny's there and that is not a dream sequence. Okay. Therefore, Muffin lived. Okay. <laughs> that was one of my questions. I can, because part two is next and I will answer that. I'll ask that one next. This is flowing smoothly. <laughs> um, so, uh, my thoughts then is what are your theories on Muffin coming across? Uh, actually, wrong one. Uh, that's the other Muffin one. Um, Actually, yes, that is it. Uh, what are your theories on Muffin coming across the supposed legs of Jason? Because there was an animal found in the woods mangled, and then Muffin reappeared at the end of the movie. So what is her actual feat? Okay, so 
when Muffin approaches Jason's feet, uh, or, or the feet of someone, yes. that that someone is not interested in the dog whatsoever at that moment. Now, had he not been busy, he may have eaten the dog because, you know, they hunt, trap, fish, and they right. eat whatever they can get. Um, that other mangled animal, I imagine, was probably just killed by another animal. Um, but Muffin, uh, yeah, didn't seem to be, uh, I, I think, I think that the owner of those feet were preoccupied. Okay. And uh, just looked at the dog as insignificant. Okay. Yeah, you know, there was, there was a, lot, a lot bigger fish to fry, I should say. Right. All right, so um, the, then the burning question is, if the ending isn't a dream, what happened to Paul? What's his okay, fate? Paul was killed. Okay. Um, and he was taken back to the shack. Okay. Um, we do, uh, we can gather this just for making it up because of what we know. Now, like I said, I, I ignore all other, you know, uh, graphic novels and stories and stuff but the fact is there is a picture of Paul's dead body on the back of one of VHS's right. and it appears as though he may be in the in the, in the shack so it just made perfect sense uh, due to the fact that uh, Ginny being wheeled out by the by the ambulance uh, was asking where where's Paul so we knew he was not on scene at that point so he was taken away mm-hmm. and I believe he was murdered with the half of a pitchfork okay. that Ginny had in her hand when she was knocked unconscious when he came crashing through the window. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, okay. So, uh, how did Jason then happen to find Alice at her apartment? Cause J- and is Jason really the killer of part two? Because after all, due to part three picking up right after part two, and in part two, Jason is a hillbilly with hair, and in part three, Jason is bald. What is your theory on this Boy, entire story? Boy, am I glad you asked that question. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when Pamela beat Elias to death, okay. she drug his body, threw him in the back of the pickup, mm-hmm. drove him down to Crystal Lake, and dumped his body in there. Well, he did have severe brain damage, massive fractures, broken teeth, crushed eye socket, all that. But he survived. Right. And Elias crawled out on the other side of the lake and being, uh, like I said, he's brain damaged. He's really, really messed up. He he, he has uh, kind of flashes of, of reality come and go, right. some some coherency here and there. Well, he hunts, he fishes, he whatever. So he got right to survival skills while he's all fucked up. You know, he's, he's really, really messed up. Right. So he spends time gathering up pieces and parts and, and things to build a shelter. And <clears throat> Elias gets this shack all built up and uh, starts living out of it and just, just lives in the woods. And that's what he's going to do for the rest of his life. Well... While collecting things for the shack, he one of the things he collected was a bathroom mirror. Mm-hmm. And when he looked in that mirror, he saw his face. Now, he went from a good-looking country boy 
to someone whose face is fucking bashed in, his eye is sunken down halfway down his face because his eye socket was so crushed in, teeth bashed out. Uh, the, the side of his face is burned. It's all, you can see it in the end, but it's all burned. And so he, he could not stand the look of himself. So he fucking took a potato sack and he made a fucking mask to cover his fucking humiliatedly ugly face. Mm-hmm. Now he only cut out one eye hole because the crushed eye doesn't even work anymore. Okay. So Elias is the killer in part two. Mm. Now, uh, Elias is the hood guy, hood wearing fella that was running around. So what happened here was after he lived in that cabin or in that, uh, in that shack for quite a while, you know, which is a traumatic brain injury and all mm-hmm. that shit. Um, <clears throat> he he went out and uh, was hunting and trapping one day and there in the reeds right off the shore was Jason now, I, 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 I'm not sure if he 100% recognized Jason or not but he just reached down and grabbed him and threw him up for his, over his fucking shoulder mm-hmm. and went on about hunting and when he was done hunting he also drugged the kid home kind of threw him in a little room there with a mattress um, <clears throat> so he would uh, then kind of like you know kick him a bowl of some kind of slop or some leftover bones or whatever mm-hmm. the guy was you know didn't finish he was not a good father right. not a good father he wasn't training Jason he was basically teaching Jason that I'm not going to help you but if you learn to help yourself you'll survive and I'll Basically, you can learn by watching me. And so, you know, he would feed him a little bit from time to time, but he immediately started up out of fish and trap and doing all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, he would get, like, little memories from time to time, flashbacks of of, uh, his family life, early life. And uh, so he even went out and he managed to rustle up a high chair, which you can see in the cabin in the movie. There's a high chair in the middle of that shack. Now, Jason was too big for this high, high chair at this time, uh, being however, what is he, 11 years old or something. He was mm-hmm. too big for a high chair either way. So they never ended up using it, but his, you know, Elias' brain doesn't work quite right, but he was, that's kind of how he ended up piecing that together and putting that, uh, that's how that high chair ended up in there. But, um, so, you know, he basically, he was going to teach him to take care of himself, basically. That's yeah. the only way he was going to survive, is to learn to take care of himself, and that's what he did. Right. He learned to hunt, fish, trap, build, uh, and this is all on top of what he learned it, at uh, Camp Crystal Lake, you know, like his merit badges and knots and those kind of things. Right. So uh, he learned to butcher animals and uh, how to cook them and eat them. Well, one night... Jason was actually asleep. He usually followed Elias around on almost everything he did. But he was asleep one night, and Elias went out night hunting. Well, he was on... He he heard a huge commotion, looked across Mm -hmm. the lake, and there were two women fighting. And, you know, when he saw people, he usually watched because he didn't want anybody around, but he, he always watched to see who was in the, you know, in his neck of the woods or whatever. And uh, and then it, it, a minute later, he realized that that was Pamela and then saw her beheaded. Okay. So then what Elias did was he made his way around the lake as fast as he 
could, which obviously took a while. By the time he got out there, Alice had sailed off in the uh, in the canoe. Well, Elias picked up Pamela's head, looked at it. While he's looking at it, he's getting all kinds of earlier flashbacks, but more of the better times of flashbacks, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he he's, he began to look around, and then anger started to set back in, and he realized that. Uh, that Alice had gotten away. And so he made his way into the camp and he went into the file cabinet and he looked through the files until he saw the one with the picture of Alice attached to it. Okay. So he took that. It has her address, her phone number, all of it. And uh, so he took that. And, you know, he, he knows how to drive and that's not a skill that he ever lost. That's natural to him. And, um, like I said, he kind of comes and goes as far as his brain injury, but he, uh, so he got her address and he went there and he killed her and he brought her body back for Jason and for Pamela, because now he has his family unit together. He's got her head on the shrine. He's got Jason there. And so he brought her back to show, uh, his family that, you know, he had, he had taken care of that. And then, uh, Let's see here. And then, uh, yeah, so he made the shrine and everything. And then, uh, so that kind of puts us to, that kind of, uh, to Ginny, Paul, and all the other campers coming in, you know. Right. And then they, they're all sitting around the campfire, and they're talking about the legend of Jason. Now, everyone was mistaken for Jason. Uh, the murders of 58. Now, this is all due to the fact First of all, we're at child's camp. Mm-hmm. A boy drowned in the lake. Once that boy drowned in the lake, he became a legend amongst the camp for kids. You know how kids are. You know, it's the yeah. boy in the lake. And if he's not in the lake, then he's in the woods. You know, that, that yeah. boy that drowned in the lake, is he's everywhere. You know, whatever. so he became this big legend. So in the, the murders of 58 that went unsolved were blamed on Jason. That was the boy in the lake. And then when Pamela killed everybody... Uh, while the people actually did find out who it technically was, it didn't matter. The legend still, Jason got credit for those murders. So it was Jason, Jason, Jason. So by the time part two came along, uh, they were talking all about Jason. It was all about Jason, even the mistaking Pamela's murders for Jason. Mm-hmm. And um, and then throughout that movie, you know, they figured they, even when Ginny in the end there, she thought that was Jason. She truly believed it was Jason. Uh but it wasn't. So, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so they believed all that, and, and, and he got all the credit. So, if you take a look at Elias, he was a lot more slender. He was shorter. He wore coveralls and the hood. Mm-hmm. At the very, very same time. So, so Friday the 13th Part 3 was literally the day after Friday the 13th Part 2. Right. This would have put Elias, or you know, some people thought it was Jason, running around killing in the coveralls of hood. At the same time, he had attacked Chris Higgins a year or two, or even three before, in the uh, in the in the green shirt with the light slacks that he's still wearing at the beginning of part three when he goes to Harold's store. So he's been wearing those same clothes the whole time. He has a smooth baby butt, smooth head with no hair on it. He has no facial hair whatsoever, and he has. His is, uh, I think all his teeth are even there. It's fucked up, but they're all there. <laughs> so, same exact timeline, but we're talking about two completely different people. 
the Jason who attacked Chris Higgins, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously was, was completely different at the same time. And then some people, one, one person asked me, well, why do you suppose that he brought back, uh, oh, I can't remember her name. She had the great shorts um, in part two. Oh, uh, oh, let me think. Was it Terry? Anyway. Yeah, Terry, okay. Terry. So Terry was the only other person that he brought back to the shack. Right. So someone said, well, why would he bring her back? And nobody else, what was up with her? And it's because uh, Elias did that for Jason because he knew that Jason had attacked Chris Higgins uh, a summer or two before and thought he was interested, you know, in girlies. So he gave him a fucking dead girly. Well, he kind of played with it a little bit. I, I don't think he raped it. I don't think he raped... Uh, I don't think he raped Chris Higgins either. I think he just like probably fondled her and looked at her lady parts because he didn't really know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so that's why he brought that body back there because of the uh, the thing there. And then so, yeah, in her, in her flashback, again, he's wearing the exact same clothes mm -hmm. that he showed up to Edna and Harold's store in. Now this would make Harold Jason's first victim. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and he'd been wearing the same clothes for years because they get that shit off, you know, it's stolen off like a, a fucking, a, uh, stolen off a clothesline or something, you know? Right. And so they just, they wear what they wear until, you know, it's not like they go shopping. So, uh, oh yeah. And then, uh, let's see here. The, uh, oh yeah. And then the, <clears throat> when the cop in the beginning of, of part two, sees Elias run across the road and he chases him all the way back to the shack. When he opens up that door, you see the horror on his face before he gets hammer clawed in the back of the head by Elias from behind. But what is in that room is Pamela's body, or Pamela's head, Alice's body, and Jason sitting there. Okay. And he was shocked and then whack. He got hit with that and killed. Wow. And then there was a couple other parts when, uh, when Scott got caught that's another thing too you know uh, it seems like this Jason uh, part two used way more different shit you had like the spear and you had the, the trap and you had all this other mm -hmm. stuff well the trap uh, I believe it was Terry said uh, oh I think it's probably one of Paul's traps so they just they mistakenly thought it was one of Paul's traps right well really it was one of Elias's hunting traps and when he heard mm -hmm. that of course he went up there and killed him um let's see here um Oh yeah, the, the part two house was a lot closer to the shack than any of the other camps and any of the other locations in the series are. Like Camp Blood was across the lake. Right. Um, this house happened to be closer to the shack than any of the other ones. Um, another thing, so <clears throat> Jason does not talk. Elias does. Uh, somebody gave an eyeball to a vagrant that happened across the remains of one of the victims. So I say Elias told him to warn the others and to stay away. And as you know, later in part three, there were other parts of the body. <laughs> you know, um, and so that's the guy. Now that further proves it was Elias because Jason doesn't talk. And he told him to, he told me to warn you. Um, so that was Elias telling him that. And, okay. and I think that he, uh, like Muffin, saw this guy as uh as no threat whatsoever, 
but also an opportunity to get the word out to stay the hell out of my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so we've covered the differences, uh, the, the way they look at the same exact time. Now we get to Ginny when she puts on the sweater. Now in the movie, they talk about, and I want to say maybe it was at the bar, but uh, Ginny was studying psychology. Right. So that's why she tried to put the sweater on. Now she believed this was Jason because of the legend. So she put the sweater on. And when Elias finally broke through the door and he saw the sweater on her and the young face, it kind of brought him to the flashback again of the old, the old, old life, you know, and then when she started to say, it's okay, Jason, and Neil, that's why people think it's Jason, too. I mean, she thought it was Jason, but um, what he was seeing was what she was saying to little baby Jason as he was slipping into unconsciousness after she had beat his face in with that skillet years ago. And the flashback of him, him seeing, the last thing that he saw her say was all that after mm-hmm. before he went unconscious. And so he was seeing that, and then when he saw her head, uh, you know, that snapped him out of it. And uh, and then, uh, you know, the rest is history as far as that. But uh, so the end, um, you know, he, uh, he jumped through the window, and I believe he killed Paul with the half a pitchfork. And then Elias uh, took Paul's body. And he took Paul's body back to the shack. He didn't quite make it to the shack with Paul's body. He, he actually dropped it, and then he made it to the shack, and he, he uh, collapsed on the floor. And then, uh, like, at the end, we see him pull the blade out and crawl off, and he crawls off and the woods dies. Jason eventually buries him. And so that bloody machete that killed his father lay on the floor. And this is a strong, strong reason why the machete became his weapon of choice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's see here. Oh, yeah, so when he kills Shelley, the reason why he chose when he hadn't been wearing a mask all these years, even those years back, he wasn't wearing a hood when he attacked Chris Higgins. So we're, these are separate people. So this is... Uh, uh, so Jason, again, you know, the reason why he tried to swim and all that shit, because he was jealous of the kid. He wanted to be able to do what they wanted to. He he wanted to play sports so bad. Baseball, basketball, whatever. He wanted to be on a team. He wanted to wear a uniform. He wanted to wear a helmet. Um, you know, the whole thing, he wanted to be part of that team. Well, when he killed Shelly and he saw that mask, a little part of him from that was like kind of like saw that as neat, you know. It's right. like he always kind of wanted to wear one of those. But... Ultimately, he ended up wearing it because his father wore a mask. So he decided, I will too. And so that's why he chose to put on that mask. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Oh, yeah. In fact, so in part three, even, there's almost some homage kills to his father. So Fox and uh, not Ollie, but the other biker, I can't remember his name. Loco. Uh, Loco. So Fox and Loco are both killed by Pitchfork in the barn. Now, when Jason walked through that barn, he could have chosen tons of different weapons, but 
he chose the pitchfork hmm. because his father had a pitchfork in the last one, killed Paul with it and all that shit, and tried to kill Jimmy with it. So that that was a little pitchfork inspired thing there, but um, <clears throat> and then uh, so if we kind of move on to part four, it's that one is pretty self explanatory. Um, however, I would. Uh, I may delve into who is Tommy's real father at some point here. But let's move on. To my to... questions again? <laughs> oh, yeah. You yes. Give me some before we move on here. Yep. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. I, I, that's a good stopping point at that because then uh, we get more in depth with that in part three um, with uh, Jason and about Paul and everything as well, even though that is a part two situation. But I do get more in depth with that. Um, but with part two again... Um, we don't see how Terry gets killed. How do, do you have any theories on how Jason actually killed her? Uh, killed who? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, to kill Terry. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Very gently, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, no, yeah, she didn't, she didn't look, uh, you know, I don't think she had a knife wound in her. I don't think she had, uh, I didn't see any marks on her, you know, so right. maybe... Maybe just suffocated her. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, and then the last question for part two I got is, um, obviously we see inside Jason's or Elias's shack, um, we see Alice's skeletal remains, we see Terry, uh-huh. and Deputy Winslow's in there along with Pamela's severed head. Um, do you know yeah. if there's any other bodies that were in there that weren't seen, obviously on camera, that Jason might have taken there? The only other one that I think could be there, possibly in another portion, uh, would have been Paul. Paul, okay. Sounds good. So then we're getting back to where we last left off now with part three, and we d- briefly discussed about Abel, the old man in the road, and he found the eyeball and said that there were other parts of the body found. Do you know whose eyeball and other body parts that they were found in the woods? Well, <clears throat> I... I was kind of thinking it was, uh, it might have been a uh, wheelchair guy. Okay. Because he took a huge machete across the face, which would crack open that skull, and then rolling down those stairs, uh, you know, and then who knows, maybe he hacked him up at the bottom of that. Okay. Uh, because we, that, that would be a good way, you know, he split the skull there, so that eyeball could certainly come out. Right. And <clears throat> I think that would, for, for in my eyes, is probably the most, uh, likely one. Okay. Um, and also, if Paul is dead, as you did suggest, um, this one is a interesting question, and maybe it's because the police didn't find him. Who knows? But why was he left off of the body count in the news reporter, uh, the news report that Edna was watching? Um, I do believe that it was because they had not found him. I mean, it was like that was that night. Right. And they had yet to find him. They knew he was supposed to be there somewhere, okay. and, but he was unaccounted for. So they didn't have, like, body parts or blood of his, and they didn't have his body. So they they, they had everyone else's bodies except right. for his. So they didn't, at that point, know exactly where he was or what had happened to him. Okay. Sounds good. Um, and then we already discussed the uh, the potential rape of Jason and Chris. You went into that. Um, so as we discussed, um, with the, uh, first Friday the 13th section, um, where, uh, we discussed about Jason pulling Alice under and that being all a dream, um, what are your theories about Mrs. Voorhees pulling Chris into the water? Was that a dream also, or was that reality? 
Yes, I, 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 that one definitely is a dream sequence, but I think it's, I wouldn't categorize it a dream sequence. The dream sequence in part one, Alice was literally, like, had fallen asleep. Right. In the uh, in the canoe there, so it was it was literally a dream sequence. This one, uh, Chris Higgins was losing her mind. I mean, okay. she had snapped. She she laughed in the back of that police car all the way out of there. Yeah, and like she thought she saw Jason running out out of there. She her, she had lost her mind at that point. Uh, someone else had asked me. They're like, well, you know, how would it be? Uh, you know, why does she have her head back on? And how would how would she know what? Uh, Pamela looked like with you know she'd never seen her right. and uh, actually it's just uh, when when the murders happened it was it was all over the newspapers that it right. was, that it was uh, Pamela Voorhees who did it so she saw her then and the pictures that she she saw her uh, obviously she had her head on right and um, you know and so it wasn't the headless Pamela it wasn't a real one it wasn't even a dream sequence it was more of a schizophrenic hallucination or something okay. she just snapped and went bananas right that makes perfect sense um so i have three questions in part for friday the 13th part four of the final chapter and then we'll continue off where you uh with where you wanted to go with uh, the story of jason um this one uh, me and greg were kind of discussing um we kind of came to the conclusion that he might have ran off but we don't really know but what is the fate of gordon Oh, Gordon. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, that that pup jumped out that window and never stopped running until someone way down, you know, some probably uh, ended up at the dog pound or or, uh, right. or was taken in by another family once it felt it was out of the danger zone. But it certainly, it certainly sensed what was going on. Right. So, yeah, I... I, I I tend to believe that uh, Gordon took off the same with uh, Muffin because we did see her at the end. And then right. everyone was like, did she at the very, very, very end? And I'm like, eh, they probably got her in the back of a police car or something. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so what are your theories on Rob's knowledge of Jason and having the newspaper articles about him? We know that he uh, that he uh, that um, Jason killed Rob's sister, Sandra. But what is yeah. your theory about all of that? Well... You know, it's kind of funny how they did it in the reboot. They kind of made that a major character in there. But, um, you know, I liked it. He was uh, he was looking for his sister, and I think that somehow or another he started to buy into this uh, or at least become suspicious of this whole Jason thing and, and what was going on there. Right. And uh, came to find her. Unfortunately, he did. <laughs> or yeah. He found Jason anyway. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the last one I have for part four before we continue with your where, where you left off. Um, so obviously Mrs. Jarvis's death was also off screen. Um, we, um, in a uh, extended scene um, of the uh, ending of part four, we see uh, Trish having apparently a dream of Mrs. Jarvis's body being in the... Uh, being in the uh, bathtub, yeah. So, do you have an idea of how uh, Mrs. Jarvis died? Well, I guess really it would. There's two ways to look at that because now was she having some sort of a dream sequence, right. or if I'm not mistaken, I want to say the water was bloody. Right. 
So, if so, I would imagine uh, probably a slit neck or a, you know, a good stabbing. Sounds good. So the floor is yours. Uh, take off with uh, part four. Okay. So here, here's where I explain why Roy Burns is not just some random character. Sounds good. This is going to go right into our part five discussion because that's my very first question. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, as I told you uh, early on, when Elias and Pamela had a baby, Elias accused her of having an affair. Right. Well, she was. She was having an affair with a young med student named Roy. Anyway, so Jason is Roy's biological baby. Hmm. Now, bear with me here. Okay. So, Roy Burns is kind of a ladies' man. You know, he, he likes the ladies, um, <laughs> but he's also very selfish and uh, has seriously unrealistic expectations of relationships and, and family life. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, you know, so many years ago, he had an affair with a married woman, Pamela. Pamela got pregnant by Roy. They were, they were going to run off together. They had plans. Um, and she had the baby. Uh, or they had plans to run off when she had the baby. Well, we'll uh, when she did, and Roy saw it, and he saw the hideous deformity, he walked out of her life forever. Okay. See, Roy Roy has birth defects that run in his family a lot. I mean, a lot of birth defects. And he is terribly embarrassed by it. Terribly embarrassed by it. Um, some people say that the, the, the Burns just, they have bad genes in that family line. Well, Roy's sister was deformed and needed help all the time. And he fucking resented this. He hated her for that hmm. because she was not only having to do all the stuff for her, but he was right. so uh, humiliated and embarrassed by all this that he swore that he would never, ever, ever have a family like that. He would have the perfect family. So when he saw Jason was born all deformed and messed up. Now, see, uh, Elias was not deformed at all right jason was deformed uh, elias had his face beaten in if you if you look at him jump through that window at the end you can see a whole side of his face is like bubbly burned mm-hmm. and then and then he's got the the eye socket crushed down and teeth missing and shit um and which was totally different than this guy but um but anyway so he uh he wanted the perfect life and when he saw jason he he was out he's like fuck that i'm gone so he ended up meeting another woman they fall in love they got married and they had a child that by all uh, appearances is normal so it took a few years to find out that this kid has serious mental defects mm-hmm. well Roy began to just he, he he hated it he hated it and uh, so he kept trying to get the wife to uh, to put him in a home and uh, she wouldn't, she wouldn't. And then she ended up passing away under what some people say is mysterious circumstances. But then the uh, the boy Joey was dumped into the state and he ended up at Pinehurst. So Joey and Jason are half-brothers. They're both Roy's kids. Now, Roy, this is why Roy chose to kill as Jason. 
because Roy knew that Jason was his kid, and all along the ledges. Now, Roy has been in every single ambulance. The one that fucking, at the, at the end of part one, and the end of part two, the end of part three, the end of part four. Roy was with all those groups of people. So, not only does he know that his son is Jason, but no one else knows. Um, you know, he would never tell anybody. It was embarrassing. But he, only the police would know Jason's MO more than him. Mm-hmm. He is privy to more inside information than anyone other than the police themselves. So that's why he could emulate Jason's killings so good. Um, you know, he was at every scene and he knew how everything happened, uh, what, you know, what uh, weapons he used and how he did it. And, um, and then another small, a small thing to do with Roy is that the, uh, the chevrons or whatever on the mask were blue. Those were because he had two sons. Hmm. One was dead to him. The other one was dead. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. And then obviously, you know, uh, okay. There's more to it. There's a lot more to it because I'm still, I'm still, it's work in progress. But when back when Pamela first thought she had killed Elias, and then she got a job at the camp. Well now that she she couldn't tell anybody she just kind of they didn't have any friends they didn't talk to a lot of people or whatever and like I said he didn't work at the same place every day so they didn't have a lot of people asking about him mm-hmm. so as a single mom now she had no means of taking care of Jason so she got the job at the uh, at the camp there and she rented her cabin out while she worked at the camp now uh one of the people that rented it was a uh, professor and his wife. And uh, they had just come back from some big trip and wanted a nice place to to do some work, maybe listen to a few tapes and incantations. And uh, so here I'm putting the Evil Dead cabin was actually the Voorhees cabin. Hmm. Um, after So after Pamela was dead, it got left to like her brother who left it to his fucking nephew, Ash Williams or whatever. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going all the way there, but then it then ties into uh, part six. Okay. And that whole fucking lightning resurrection deadite type of type of thing. Cause there's a, there's a lot of things out there is, is Jason the deadite. And um, so with this theory of mine, it would also touch on the, the uh, Evil Dead knife that's in part nine and also the crate from Creepshow is in part nine mm-hmm. and this professor Nobi traveled all around the world and collected rare antiquities so I'm assuming that if he did not collect that crate that it came from the same university that he had all of his collected stuff at so the Deadites in the Evil Dead series really do tie in, especially due to the dagger and uh, and that kind of thing. So what I've been working on, like I said, is just the movies themselves, six in the timelines, with ignoring all other, okay. and trying to make it work. Right. That's about where I'm at so far. I mean, there there are things I want to explore. 
like uh, I'd like to explore maybe a little more about the origin of Tina. Okay. Where she come from? Who was her father? Um, you know what? I mean, what did he do? Uh, you know, right. who, who was he in the grand scheme of things? Um, did that guy have an affair with another lady? And uh, is that Tommy's dad? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to work on, but I'm slowly but surely, and I'm, and you know, I'm, and it's cool because I'll get some stuff down really well, and then right. someone will say, "Well, what about this?" Do you have an idea okay. who Tommy's dad is? I do not. Okay. Do not. I, I see that the thing. The only reason why it's really getting me thinking about Tommy's dad is because of the relationship between Tommy and Jason. All right. It's almost as if there's something more there. Okay. All right. Um, well, b- before well, I continue, maybe it's Roy. Well, maybe. Um, before I go into more questions in that and continue, um, I did have a question about where do you get your um, your theories from? Like, where do you? How do you piece these all together? Uh, just, I, just watching it. This, just watching the movies and watching the movies and watching the movies. And then I, like so many other franchise fans, I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense here. You can't have this and this at the same time. Right. Well, unless this. And so I fix it. Unless this happens, then okay. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I had looked it up and everything. No one has this theory but me. Zero. Right. I also have another, uh, uh, conspiracy theory D.B. Cooper thing I, I have up my sleeve that no one's got yet but <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll get that one some other time nice um, so to continue on with the part 5 questions I got um, so we see at the end of part 5 um, they have Roy's wallet and it has a recent picture of Joey of what he looks like so how does he have a recent picture if he hasn't seen him for years oh see he he has been actually watching him okay. spying on him from afar uh, much in the same way that he kept tabs with Jason's murders okay um, see while he was a selfish prick and swore up and down he would never be stuck in a family with a disabled person again mm-hmm. it was still his son right so he still you know he, he didn't want anybody to know but he, he would you know, his fatherly side would kick in from time to time and he'd take a picture or get some information without anybody knowing, you know. Right. Didn't want anybody to know that he cared or that that was his son or anything. Right. So... And I think that's why, uh, that's why he was visibly upset when the uh, mm-hmm. other ambulance driver was like, come on, man. You know, and he's got that weird-ass look on his face. <laughs> yeah. He discovers it's his kid. So if Roy loved his son, like he, I wouldn't say love, but if he was like so upset about Joey's death and was moved by it that he had to go on this mass murder spree, why didn't he kill the man that was responsible for Joey's death, Victor? Yeah, that is a good question. But I think it, it's honestly, I think what it is there is it wasn't, it wasn't so much that he was putting a blame on an individual. He... He had so much guilt over abandoning his son just because he had a deformity that came from his father um, that, you know, he was devastated by that, which made him feel like a real piece of shit. And then so he decided just to do it. He, He wanted he wanted 
revenge. He wanted whatever, and so he just decided to dress up like his other son, okay. who who had just recently been killed, and uh, and decided just to kill everyone. And I think he, I, I don't think he even expected to get away. I think he was just going to keep killing until someone killed him. I got you. So, um, when Mayor Cobb states that Jason is cremated, this is obviously not true because we see Jason buried in part six. So, any theories yep. on why everyone thinks that Jason is cremated when he's actually buried? Uh, I think it was a cover-up story okay. uh, by the mayor and those. Uh, for one, they didn't want anybody trying to dig up Jason. Right. Um, and... And they also didn't want, you know, their their cemetery would be just probably flooded with visitors all the time and all, right. you know, just be a big mess and a bunch of trouble. So if we just say we cremated him, poof, he's dusty, he's gone, his body isn't anywhere for anyone to go view, or, uh, you know, and he could be just like gone like dust in the wind. Yes, that, that makes sense. Um, so any theories on the ending of part five when Tommy is seen wearing the hockey mask holding up a knife behind Pam did she die survive or is it all a dream <sighs> boy oh boy yes you know that that's that's a good one because there's so many of these uh, either real or false uh, dream sequence type mm-hmm. things that go on in this franchise you know but um, I believe originally because I've seen uh, I saw part part Three, right on opening night in the theater in 3d and okay. since then i have seen every single friday the 13th that's ever come out on opening night in the theater okay. so by the time uh five ended i really felt as though they were they were looking to pass the torch and they were going to make tommy the new jason um but then, you know, you, you come in with the next one and they, the next guy kind of ignores that. So mm-hmm. I would just have to go now that the other movies have come out. I think that by default, it makes that uh, a dream sequence. Okay. Or remember when uh, when Tommy kept seeing Jason in the mirror and shit, he kept having to pop those pills. Right. So it was either another one of those, uh, you know, psychotic-induced hallucinations or uh, or a dream sequence. Okay, sounds good. Um, So, part six, Jason Lives. One thing I've noticed, and I don't know how true it is, is that Tommy and Hawes are seen in the beginning, escaping, I guess, the asylum or the mental institution that they they were at, and they're driving Uh in a truck. That truck to me Uh looks really familiar, and it looks to me like it's Pam's truck from part five. Any theories? Oh, you know what? I will have to relook at that. But I did think that it uh, it did look familiar, and it is very possible they could have used. I mean, if it's the same film company, everything could have used it. Up. Right. I'd have to uh, take a look at that again because that would that would actually be interesting in more than one way. Uh, obviously, you have the you know a little uh, pop up video thing there, but also uh, as I was talking about the Evil Dead, you know that Sam Raimi uses that yellow car in like almost every one of his movies. Right. Uh, from Spider-Man to, to whatever, and so it would be kind of funny if there was a multiple-used car in the uh, in the Friday the Thirteenth series that uh, may or may not have uh, Evil Dead tags. That's a good idea. I, I, that's a good point. 
Um, so here's a question me and Greg actually uh, concocted together. Uh, we dis- we were discussing this and we didn't understand it. But any theories on why Jason killed Paula? Because she uh, he literally, literally yeah he legitimately had his sights set on killing her, but she didn't do anything wrong according to and quote unquote horror movie rules. Uh, yes, now I, she's one of my favorites. I, I found her uh, adorable, and in fact, I had talked to him about this once before. Okay. That she was literally innocent, uh, but you know, there's uh, throughout the franchise, there's a lot of actually innocent girls. I can't think of uh, oh god, what was the one? I think it was seven. You had kind of a short, a little bit rounder faced girl, and she tried to put makeup on. Yeah, um, uh, Maddie. Yeah, she never, I don't think she had any sex or anything either, uh, or did any drugs or whatever, you know, so I think, I think once you're in that group of people that are there, you're just, you are guilty by association. Makes sense. And uh, side note, uh, Carrie Noonan, who played Paula, she is, she was actually my teacher when I went to Champlain College. Wow! Yes. How cool is that? Yes. Um, she actually stated in the be- in the very beginning of class. She goes, "If it, she uh, she said, I know everybody's probably looking at me as their teacher, and they probably knew the name was familiar. If you're a Friday the Thirteenth fan, yes, I was in the sixth Friday the Thirteenth. But in this class, we have one rule: do not discuss Friday the Thirteenth because I do not want <laughs> you getting distracted from any of your work. All yep. right. Yep. It was Did very. Did she pass away? Uh, she's still alive. Um, I actually, um, yep, I had her a couple years oh, ago. I, I, think t- I, I, think of, I think I was thinking of Brenda. Yeah, Brenda, she, Larry Bartram. Yeah, she was in the first one. She uh, passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she had cancer. The same thing with Melissa from Part 7. I heard she passed away, too. Oh, the, the terrible girl. The, the bitchy blonde the bitch. with the pearls. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's too bad. Yep, she, she passed away. She played a really good part of a, of a, of a horrible person. She really did. Um, let's see, what do I got here? Okay, so we don't see Paula's corpse in this movie, even though she was definitely hacked up and there was an insane amount of blood in that room. So any theories on what Jason might have done to her body? Uh, well, I know he splattered her in that room for sure. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird thing with with Jason because he will, he does like to hide a lot of bodies. Right. In interesting places. Others, he'll just leave right where they're at. But, like, uh, to chop uh, the guy walking on his hands in half and then put him up in the rafters, you know? Right. <laughs> I don't know. That's, yeah. Maybe that's the child in him or something. Hide and go seek. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, maybe she was even like, because there was an insane amount of blood. There might not even been nothing left of her. Yeah. At that point. Um,. Let's see. Uh, so this is the first Friday the 13th film that had children at the camp. So any theories on why Jason never attempted to kill the kids? Because he tried to kill Tommy in part four. But why not any of the kids uh, in this movie? Well, I think, again, I'm going to go with the uh, the vagrant and the muffin theory here. Okay. Uh, not only were they insignificant. Like, he, he looked at that one little girl Yeah. that was awake. And he looked her right in the face. Mm-hmm. And I think he considered killing her, right. but then he was—he was so focused on uh, on the other people already. You know, if, if they were an adult or a teen, you know, they would have got slaughtered along the way. But right. uh, because he also murdered a baby in the womb when he killed uh, uh, 
killed a Debbie, Debbie yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it was, uh, I mean, I maybe even considered it and then saw somebody out the window and went after them. That's whatever. a good point. It's a good point. Um, so the last question I got for part six is the theories on Martin the caretaker. Was he paid the, by Elias to tend to Jason's grave and to take care of it? Or what's the theory about him? Hmm. No, I, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't think that he was paid or anything. I think he was just a, uh, just a caretaker there. And then, uh, you know, he was in charge of, you know, keeping the cemetery clean and taking care of and probably burying bodies. And then when somebody had, some farthead <laughs> dug up the body there, he had to bury it again. And yep. And apparently it wasn't Jason getting reburied. Of entertainment. Yep, <laughs> it wasn't Jason being uh, reburied though. It was poor Island Hawes. Yep, yep. Um, so I know you discussed this a little bit. I'm still gonna ask the question um, because I know you said you're still looking into it. But with part seven, the new blood now. Uh, when we first see Tina as a little girl, she has telekinetic powers. Do you have any theories on how she first developed these type of powers? Well, uh, honestly, I, it's, it's something I'm thinking about because to me. It's not random. Right. Whether she developed them maybe earlier on, because they were at their little cabin. Yeah. So who knows how they could, they could have been coming to that cabin since she was a baby. Yeah. Now, you have all the murders that occurred here, and if, uh, if the evil dead, deadites, any of that kind of stuff is, mm-hmm. uh, is involved at all, she could uh, have picked something up. I think there's something there. Some, some, and and, and and to touch on your point back there about not not killing the little girl. I think for one, Jason remembers being the child in the thing, and it's yeah. the counselors he's after. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what were we just talking about? I, I about about Tina there. developing the powers. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um. So yeah, it just seems uh, it seems too coincidental. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be some sort of connection, and I'm kind of looking into it and see what I can make sense. Right. Um, uh, you know, like uh, does she get it from her father? Say, so, well, who was her father? You know, right. is that because uh, we don't know much about him. To somebody or yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, and yeah. Then again, too, to Tommy's father, who is just missing from the thing, and he's got this connection with Jason that's unlike the other kids. Right. So there, there's something there, and, and I don't know, uh, you know, and shit, it, it could even be Roy Burns, but yeah. that, that would get him around a little too much, but there's something there. Right. And, uh, I still got to work on that a little bit, but... Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump back to part one again about where Mrs. Voorhees says that uh, Jason drowned when those two uh, when those two young counselors were making love. Um, was this actually true then? Um, because, like, it seems like a lot of it, like, isn't adding up with that part. Well, what do you mean? Like, uh, did he really drown when those two those two young people were making, those two counselors were making love? Um, or like, were they? Was he on their watch? Because like, when you said about Jason uh, being at um, going out at night when nobody was looking, yeah. So wh- yeah, so that's just where that those two, uh, those two counselors should have been in their cabins, right? 
with the kids who are asleep. Now, since the kids were asleep or whatever, you know, they, uh, or wait, no, was that, was this going on while they were playing the campfire song? It was, uh, in 1957 when Jason, uh, drowned, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, so the campfire songs were the next, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so those, those people should have been in their cabins. Now, one of those two was, I don't know if it was the boy or the girl. Mm-hmm. I would assume it was the boy because you'd have the girl in the girl's cabin, the boy in the boy's cabin. That boy is the one that would have been able to catch Jason sneaking out. Okay. But since he was out and off screwing around, Jason was able to just slip out the door and go, you'll figure it out. And the reason why Jason figured this out is because these two were meeting on a regular basis, okay. nightly. And so when Jason decided that he was going to prove that he could do this stupid swimming thing, that people wouldn't give him a chance or didn't think he could do good enough, he saw his chance. All right. So he'd be ready for the next challenge and be able to show him that he could do it. Right. Now, the counselors that were uh, making love when Jason drowned, were they the ones that were killed by Mrs. Voorhees a year later, Barry and Claudette? Now, that one I, I'm not really sure because if you'd have to have the exact same two coming back and then hooking up again. Yeah. Um, I never really got the feeling that that was those those counselors. I think those counselors were fired. Okay. I don't think they were invited back, and I think these two counselors were the first people that were caught making love after this had happened, and uh, mm-hmm. they got the punishment that the other two should have got, you know, but deserved. didn't. <laughs> exactly. Makes sense. Um, so back to part uh, seven. Um, so we apparently... We know that Tina's family was at Camp Crystal Lake when she was a kid um, because we see the uh, Tina's dream about her killing her father with the telekinetic powers. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Tina um, never – or her family never encountered the wrath of either Elias or Jason or Mrs. Voorhees. Um, was Jason still a boy um, thought to have been drowned in the lake at the time? And also, why didn't either Jason, Elias, or Mrs. Voorhees, whoever was the one around the time doing all the killings, why didn't they come after that family? Okay, so my thoughts on that are Jason, when uh, when he drowned in 1957, right. that's when Elias found him. Okay. So by 1980, he's grown into that green shirt wearing big bald mm-hmm. fella that we all know and love yeah. um what was the other part of the question i'm sorry so then why didn't like anyone i don't who was the killer i guess at the time that uh tina was at the camp her family would it be uh jason oh, okay. or well, Mrs. So, well tina and those guys uh they weren't actually at the camp okay right they had their own cabin or whatever they mm-hmm. were they were on crystal lake mm-hmm. um but Crystal Lake is huge. Now, anyone near Camp Blood uh, gets murdered. And then, of course, you had the shack right. across the way, um, which the only reason why all the people in Part 2 got killed, uh, because they were the nearest to them. And then once mm-hmm. Elias was killed, then Jason kind of expanded his territory a little bit and ended up at uh, Harold and Edna's store to start. And we're on his way to Higgins Haven. Right. But, um, yeah, no, as far as the Tina, I don't know. Uh, there, I'm sure there were multitudes of other cabin owners and, uh, and right. that kind of thing that came and went, not even knowing what was going on, you know. And, uh, 
Right. They just didn't happen to, to cross the wrong area or the or, or Jason didn't end up for some reason in their area. Okay. Um, and I'm going to throw in another bonus question because just talking to you keeps giving all, me different questions that I didn't even add. Um, so <laughs> we, <laughs> we know about Camp Crystal Lake. We know that vicinity, New Jersey and all that stuff. Um, uh-huh. Where is Packenack Lodge? Oh, that's obviously like really close. And then where is Higgins Haven um, from? Uh, from it? Like where are they all located? Well, <clears throat> Crystal Lake is pretty big. Okay. So there, I've actually seen a map where they have everything in the hospital and all that. But uh, I would have to say that, so you've got, uh, you got part two is probably a little closer to uh, Higgins Haven okay. than, because I can't remember. There's, there's one thing I can't remember here. The, the, uh, the guy and the gal in part two. Uh, in fact, the, the gal that was his sister that got killed, and the guy, hey, asshole, that's my truck. Oh, um, uh, Max, and, uh, um, not Max, uh, he was the tow truck driver, um, Sandra and, uh, Jeff. Yes, yes, so yes. when they went out in the woods, uh, and they found that, uh, hackety hacked up dog or whatever. Right. They had just stepped over a, a barrier of some sort, a fence. Right. Say like no trespassing or something. Yes. Now, uh, if that is not directly to Camp Crystal Lake, then that is something maybe that Eli has put up. Yeah. Um, you know, a sign that he found and whatever. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. Hmm. <laughs> this is what I love: is come up with little questions and then you slowly get them answered. And then yeah. I'm working on a book. I want to get this all dialed in, dialed out, and then. And then as part of the book, too, I will literally be exploring part two and part three, but from a different perspective, because it'll be Jason following Elias and watching him murder people and learning. But, uh, yeah... (laughs) Um, a lot to fix there. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, this it, this is so, this is like so specific. This is so in-depth. Like it, it goes into a very, uh, like into a spot that there's so much to explore. And it just, it, it's not something you can do overnight. It's an, expl- right. there's just so much depth to this whole story and this whole franchise. Yep. So the last question I have then regarding part seven is at the end of the movie, Jason is dragged underneath Camp Crystal Lake by Tina's father who Tina after Tina resurrects him. Uh, was this yes. reality or was this a dream? Now, I just recently saw <laughs> what was supposed to happen. Okay. I can't remember what it was, but they ended up going, no, no, that's too much. Just have her dad grab her. Okay. Um, so the dad grabbing, see, okay, so we had dream sequence in one, a non-dream sequence in two, a schizophrenic hallucination in three, uh, I believe a schizophrenic hallucination in, uh, in uh, five. Um, and so, I don't know, did she, I feel like she manifested something to whether her power looked to Jason as her father or just that's how it it, it manifested itself 
her or whatever to, to pull him down and in the back of her mind maybe because she had killed her father that now somehow she made him the hero or okay. that's an interesting one uh, yeah yeah that's just kind of the way I think about it I think like maybe I feel like it was not a dream sequence but it, it could have been a dream sequence for Jason Okay. Like her powers manifested, and that was like he was seeing the dad pull him down. When it was actually her using her powers, uh, you know, and then and, and also uh, using the powers the same way she did on her dad. Right. And so that was kind of together in the same, and then it, it manifested to Jason as kind of a dream sequence. And when he actually was just, you know, everything uh, crumbled and, and fell in on top of him, but he. Right. Uh, but don't forget, he also, uh, Tina did did say dad, so it was like she saw him too. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like maybe he. Yeah. Uh, see, this is where. Okay, so this could be having to do with the Deadites okay. from the Evil Dead franchise, or it could simply explain that uh, he has whatever she has. That's a good point. And when he, when she basically drowned him or whatever, he wasn't going to use his powers against his daughter. Okay. And he deserved, he felt, he was just in there beating the mom. He felt he deserved it. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry, honey. That's all he was saying. Um, you know, as, as they went down and all that. So yeah. maybe it was uh, his spirit just manifested and, and because uh, if he does have some sort, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, these powers aren't just random. You just don't have some random telekinesis right. person that ends ends up there to face Jason. So uh, I tend to think that there's definitely more to this story, and I, I do want to explore more of her origin. Okay. Um, and maybe, maybe even now her father, because she probably gets it from her father, mm-hmm. um, and maybe he doesn't doesn't deal with it very well or know how to deal with it very well so that's why he's kind of abusive and takes it out on his wife mm-hmm. and I definitely want to have you on again once you get that whole theory and story situated as well because this film and this like story itself is one of that is very fascinating to me well I try to tell people about it you know and most of the time I'm like no way man no way and <laughs> You literally have to tell them all of these little details, right. and then it's like, well, that that actually makes sense, you know? Yeah. I mean, just looking at looking at the basic thing alone, right? You had part two happen and all those murders. Well, during that time, and even possibly a couple of years before that time, Jason was wearing the green shirt, the light slacks, bald face, baby, you know, no no facial hair, uh, as you know, told by Chris Higgins. And right. at the same time, the other dudes running around in the thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it all just makes sense. And then what's kind of cool about it, if my theory, you know, if, if we went with my theory, right, it would be a family affair. Okay. Part part one, mommy kill. Part two, daddy kill. Part three on, son kills. That's a good point. It's like a family tradition. Yeah. I mean, who needs Christmas family traditions when you have murdering, you know, traditions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> lost his mother after part one, lost his father after part two. Yep. Yeah. And then finally got killed in four and brought back due to... Uh, yes. Because uh, I actually did a little tiny video, and it was uh, it was Ash Williams in the uh, in the in the basement of the cabin, and he turns on the tape, you know, and 
whatever it is, <laughs> and then uh, show the lightning strike to Jason's uh, nice uh, thing there, where Tommy had uh, had stuck it in there. Nice and uh, made it so. <laughs> you know, it had something to do with that, but uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they tie in because it's in part nine and they literally have the dagger used in evil dead and uh yep so they put it in there right gotta deal with it. so what i uh good i think that explains why jason uh came back uh you know undead right, and right. In part six why he came back and killed as, a, as an unkillable zombie yeah killing machine yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So I have a lot of questions for Party. Oh boy, Party. <laughs> the burning question I have for Party is how can the cruise ship go from Crystal Lake to New York? First off, it's a super quick drive or a train ride from Jersey to New York City. Secondly, it is impossible to get out of a lake with a huge cruise ship and go to a harbor in New York City. So can you please make this thing that does not make sense, make sense? <laughs> okay, so what we have is we have Crystal Lake, right? Yes. And then, then we got a small little, a little river that, that leads off to the ocean there. Right. But on that river, down that river a little bit, uh, towards the towards the thing, it widens up, and they have a they have a little port there. So okay. it's still considered in the Crystal Lake area, but it's actually down the river, out, off of the lake. It's almost a little bay of its own, and okay. so it's technically connected, but it's not technically in. Well, I guess it, it would have to be because what they say is that there's a there's a goddamn little river that goes from uh, from from the, the lake there out to the ocean. <laughs> and I was going to say the other thing, but then you know, uh, they literally. Well, they took off the uh, the anchor. Yeah, is what brought Jason. So Jay, they're sitting right on top of Jason. So they they parked right out front of Tina's place. Right. <laughs> so apparently, yeah, somewhere somewhere on that lake leads out to a. Uh, I mean, it wasn't exactly a cruise ship, but it was a big goddamn boat. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So that was a little. Uh, but you know, I guess, I guess it's there. There's a there's a little canal there. Okay, <laughs> so, so, they, so they say. Go ahead. What's that? Oh, I was gonna say, like, is the ship that everybody is on the same ship that Jim and Susie died on? Uh, Jim and Susie, which were which? They were the they were the very first deaths when uh, Jason got resurrected by electri electricity with the anchor. The, like, w the one guy had his intestines ripped out with the spear gun and the girl yes, was hiding in the thing. Yes, yes. Yep, that was that little boat. That's the same exact boat. Interesting. That is crazy. Yep, That's such a... Just, uh, I guess they, he probably stashed those bodies and then... Uh, oh, I think they found one of them later. Maybe. They might have. I have to go back. I haven't really paid attention much to that movie, but I really want to dive into that one and check more into it. Um, Let's see... So, uh, what theories do you have on why all the students were left in one room to drown when when they could have just went with Colleen to find everybody else and escaped? I mean, probably self-explanatory, but I thought I'd ask it. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, that's just one of those uh, stupid crowds of people that should have listened to the, the smart one. Yeah. 
Um, so here's one that I know uh, me and Greg were trying to discuss a little bit, and uh, Greg told me to ask you for the answer. Uh, <laughs> um, why does Rennie see and hallucinate about a young Jason? Um, and any theories on how Jason was pulling a uh, young Jason was pulling Rennie, Rennie under the water when Charles was teaching her how to swim? Okay, now the 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 weirdest part about this is, or what what doesn't match up is Jason would not have been a boy at the time he was teaching her to swim. Right. Um. So. It's maybe his, you know, like uh, maybe his spirit is in, or or there's just there's there's an evil in there that uh, that uh, manifests, you know, itself as the as the lake dwelling Jason. Right. Um, I don't know because you know, like in the end of eight two, when he turned into a little goober kid, and was like, yeah. Mommy. Um, and like he finally says something and that's what it is are you yeah. serious but uh, <laughs> yeah so there, there's that I, you know that's, that is an interesting question um, again that could just be did Rennie say specifically that there was a boy in the lake trying to pull her down or did it just show that because she could have been panicking because she couldn't uh, swim Yes, and then imagining the worst. And then, of course, everybody knows the legend of the boy in the lake. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think it would be. It was just her fear of the water and the fear of the legend of the boy in the lake because, the, you know, all the young kids from the camps around there, they all know right. about that legend and, you know, how kids are. Yes. And so uh, her fear of drowning was also her fear of being grabbed by by uh, the, the haunted boy in the lake. <laughs> So this one might be a little self-explanatory. You might not know nothing about it, but uh, we see the Irish cop get ki uh, killed off-screen in an alley. Do you know how what happened to him? Like how he got killed? Any re any theories behind it? Mm, you know what? I honestly don't don't remember that one. Okay, I I, I would I gotta, think I gotta rewatch that one myself. Yeah, I think what might have happened. This is my thought on it. Was he was on the radio when he got when he got dragged off by Jason into the alley. This is right when they seen um. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, VC Dupree's character, the boxing guy, uh, Julius. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Head. Yeah. So maybe Jason used the uh, radio that broke that's the the wiring that snapped off, maybe to strangle him. Oh, well, that could be. That's what I was thinking. I just wanted to see if your thoughts matched possibly with mine. <laughs> um, yeah, it could very well be. Or I mean, he, you know, he, he also likes to crush heads. Yes, that is true too. Um, what, any theories on why Jason is seen or teleporting to multiple locations when he's going to kill Eva in the dance room? Uh, well, honestly, you know, now he is, he's dead. Yeah. So he, I, I would say that is, uh, just a supernatural element. It seems as though after he got killed, he came out, you know, and he's kind of your unstoppable thing, but he's, it's almost like he's getting a little better right. each time. He's, he's you know, right. so, uh, you know, perhaps he, uh, perhaps he, uh, you know, developed, uh, because now he's purely supernatural. I mean, he's, he is dead. And right. if he has anything to do with uh, any kind of evil dead stuff. That's true. 
Um, any theories on why or how the sewers of New York City flood with toxic waste every night at midnight? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the New York citizens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just figured I would throw that in there because... Vomit and feces off the street. That's what's rolling down there. <laughs> and uh, this is the last question I have for part eight. Um, the end of the movie, I like to call Jason when we see him unmasked, uh, the Muppet who takes New York City. You know, the Muppets who take New York. Um, he is then, I guess, burned alive or whatever with a river of toxic waste that flooded the sewers. But then he turns into a little boy. Any idea uh, how this happened? Dream or what is it? Oh, boy. That one is kind of weird because it, it, it's either the, the standard dream sequence or... That would be like Jason dying, and then he turned into his original form before he would die. But I don't feel like it. It's uh, I, I feel like it was more of a, a hallucination or something because it just doesn't make any sense at all. Right. Um, of course, I guess if they were going to end it right there forever, mm-hmm. it could have been. But yeah, that pumpkinhead looking Jason, I, I didn't care for that one much. Yeah. And then then you figure, well, okay, then how the hell did he get back to the camp? Right. Right. And yep. So all I can say is I think he made his way back to the ship. Yeah. But I don't know why the ship would go back there after all that. <laughs> that is true, too. <laughs> I think the ship didn't even sink. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he, I don't know how he ended up getting back to Jason Goes to Hell, you know, the camp and Jason Goes to Hell. But speaking of Jason Goes he to Hell, walked. huh? He, he could have walked underwater for all we know. Yeah, that's true. He, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Um, so when Jason goes to hell, um, any theories on why G- uh, on Jason's heart and how it possessed the person, specifically the coroner who ate it, become possessed with that spirit of Jason? Well, this threw me off at first. Uh, at first, I didn't like it. Then I actually found out what uh, Adam Marcus had to deal with and what they were telling him they wanted. Right. Such as such as get rid of the mask. Yes. I mean, how do you, how'd you like to go in and direct a Friday the 13th movie and then tell them, uh, you know, they tell you, just mm-hmm. get rid of the mask. It's like, yep. uh, that's kind of the thing, but, um, so the body, the body transfer thing was, uh, was definitely different. Um, I think that's where it's evolving more, more towards the deadite stuff again. Right. You know, you got the big worm thing in them, you got the, uh, mm-hmm. You got the Evil Dead knife, um, and and then you had the crate downstairs mm-hmm. in the basement or whatever with that creature in it. Yeah. So I could see yeah, all kinds of weird ass supernatural crap going on in this one area, mm-hmm. and I believe it all has to do with the Deadites. Okay. Once they blew Jason up entirely, and then. The one guy got possessed to eat the heart. Right. And uh, before we continue on, uh, for those uh, people that are listening that don't know what the Deadites are, could you explain what they are? Okay. So in uh, the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, the Deadites are what Ash Williams uh, inadvertently summons from the forests and... Uh, you know, they're the, uh, the flying demon zombie people. Mm-hmm. They're always what your soul. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the, uh, the bad monsters from the Evil Dead series. Okay. 
Um, and uh, so more about the dagger and even the role the ne- the necro I can't even pronounce it that well Necronomicon played how did that play in Jason's life well the one theory that I have is that she did she rented out the cabin to Professor Nobi so that whole cabin from the Evil Dead was actually mm-hmm. the Voorhees cabin that they all used to live in until she you know I mean until she uh, was beheaded right and then Jason had disappeared so uh, those incantations being done in her in her cabin um, I want to say so when she would go to the camp and work at the camp she would rent out the cabin for extra money because she needed it right? Uh, especially without a lot of income well she didn't rent it out the last summer and then got killed like she rented it out you know to Professor Noby and them and then they were gone like they were supposed to be when she got back and uh and then they were there for like another summer or whatever you know and then they went back to the camps and uh so that he had unlocked uh had read the Necronomicon Necronomicon and at least the evil of the forest but the next summer that they were there, they never found that. They never found the tape. They never found it. So they actually never summoned it by accident, or but it was there. So mm-hmm. there's somehow that evil ties into them living amongst the evil. It did have an effect on them, but a different effect than if you would have read the Necronomicon and summoned the demons themselves. All right. This was a longer, slower process. Kind of like slow cooking. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, uh, we see Freddy's Gru- C- Freddy Krueger's glove come out of the ground and drag Jason's mask straight to hell. Obviously, it was supposed to be a setup for Freddy versus Jason, but we know where all that you know stood, and you know years later we got that. Um, but any theories uh, do you have outside of uh, outside of you know making Freddy versus Jason? Do you have on why Freddy was so interested on in bringing Jason to hell? Well, I think more that uh, it wasn't Freddy bringing Jason to hell. It was hell sent Freddy to bring Jason. Okay. And only because, uh, you know, he's very highly ranked down there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's Freddy Krueger, and he's one of their best. So mm-hmm. he sends one of the best to get one of the best. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's just kind of the way I look at it. It's like, you know, had it been Freddy, it would have been Jason sent up to get him or whatever. Right. Okay. So I'm going to skip over Jason X for now. I'll go back to that. Um, I only have two questions for Freddy versus Jason, but since we're talking about Freddy Krueger, you know, bringing, being sent to bring Jason to hell, I figure it would be appropriate to go right into Freddy versus Jason. And uh, sure. so despite what is being shown in the beginning of the movie, any theories on, on how Jason was resurrected and how he got out of hell to end up into Springwood? Uh, okay, so they had, uh, they had, so the very, I'm trying, I'm trying to picture the very, very beginning. Now we know that, uh, that, uh, they sent Freddy to get, no, they sent Jason to go kill mm-hmm. 
So they would think it was Freddy, bring up Freddy's name, so that would bring him back to life, and they would all remember him. Uh, what was your question again? So how did Jason end up getting out of hell to and end up in Springwood, Ohio? Oh, okay. Um, well, I just think that uh, Jason belongs on Earth. He belongs at uh, Crystal Lake. Okay. That's, that's just where they want him. That's his domain. Right. So I think he'll end up there, you know, for all times. Right. So here's a, an interesting question a lot of people don't think makes sense. How did they get from Springwood, Ohio to Camp Crystal Lake in record time? <laughs> With a, and I don't think they sped because I, don't think, I still think speeding, would, they wouldn't get there that quickly. Yeah, is that what it's in the van? I think they had the van, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... Uh, they, they, they got some really good shortcuts over there. Yeah, they must, right? <laughs> so... Time-lapse photography. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So here is the burning question. Everybody has their difference in opinions. I want the main man himself, the theorist, Troy Elke, to help me with this one. Freddie or Jason, who won? Uh, Jason. Jason, I, that's my exact thought. Freddie might be winking well, at the camera, because, but... I mean, what, what you did have is that, you know, they, they had... Uh, Freddie Wink there at the end. But, yeah. Uh, that was Freddie's head that had just been chopped up by Jason, who was fully, you know. Right. He won that round. I mean, I, there's there's definitely no Freddie dead, but Jason won that for sure. Right, right. Um, so going now back to Jason X, and the reason why I wanted to go uh, to skip this one at first is because of my first question on this is. Any theories on the timeline of Jason X? Did it come before or after uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell and Freddy vs. Jason? Oh, no matter what movie ever comes out again, following Friday the 13th, yeah. uh, Jason X will be after that. Okay, makes sense. That's the last one because he ends up on Earth 2 or whatever. Yeah. Some other planet, you know, oh, look at that shooting star! Uh-oh. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I think no matter what, that one is... Uh, hundreds of years in the future so okay so at some point i guess he ends up on another planet right so thinking about the end of the movie when jason is intercepted by Sarge broski and he's that shooting star he went right into that lake on in earth too is jason still alive yes he is yep then he's gonna kill them kids that were watching him sounds good and they're not gonna know what hit him <laughs> so um let's see what's this question Okay, so this is more of, I would guess, your opinion, but what is your theory on the movie itself? Was it a pivotal part of the franchise that meshes with the original storyline of Friday the 13th? As far as Jason X? Yeah. Well, that's a tough one, because, like I said, no matter what, it's we have our ending story. Right. No matter, we make 30 more movies, mm -hmm. we, we know the end now. Um, right. But... You know, to me, it's really just the jumping of the shark when you when you go to space, man. Yeah. Leprechaun in space. That's true. When's Freddy going to space? Hellraiser in space. It's like, <laughs> I've done everything I can on this planet. <laughs> that is you true. Know? I mean, I think they tried to make it cool, uh, which honestly, it had some, some humorous parts. I thought the, uh, the frozen face smash on the encounter was one of the coolest deaths yeah. in the franchise. Um, I liked the uh, holographic, uh, what, third sleeping bag 
yeah. killing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it had its, its elements, but again, I'm I'm never crazy about ghost to space. You right. Know? Uh, yeah. Right. Because you can't. I mean, if, if you're going to do a space one, I think you would have to do it seriously scary, right. like uh, Alien or something. You can't be campy, part fun, part funny in space. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Can you do it in the woods because you know you've got fucking nine other movies that have been filmed before you in the woods. Of course you're gonna. That's what I love about Part Six. They kind of poke fun at themselves a little bit, you know. Right. They got that old Frankenstein thing. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yes, I agree. Um, the last question I got for Jason X: um, What are your theories on Jason being captured in the opening of the movie? Like, how was he captured and taken to this research facility? Um, let's see. They. Uh, I'm remember. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they just had him. Uh, they uh, much like the beginning of nine, they set up more or less a trap. And, uh, and I'm trying to think here in ten. Let's see. We're talking about X, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, when he's frozen in the uh, in the cryogenic chamber. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, this is one where they had him chained up. Yes, he was room, chained right? first, yeah. yes, before he was frozen, okay, yes. Okay, yeah, so so the government finally got him. And I think they were going to, they were looking to make him into some kind of weapon, you know, the way the government does. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, he broke loose and mm-hmm. the rest is intergalactic history. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So I have uh, two more sections. I have the 2009 and then the miscellaneous, which is is about like about the franchise as a whole. Um, the fr- 2009, I have four questions. Uh, the first one is in the beginning, and you mu- you might have answered these. I'm just gonna go through them, and if you answer them, you could even just give a brief overview. Um, in the beginning of the movie, Jason witnessed Pamela's death. We know Jason never did drown, but what theories do you have on Jason watching her get decapitated but not reveal him? In- reveal himself as alive to her when he was right there the entire time okay so like I said I believe that he drowned and was picked up and raised by Elias right he was actually home asleep he did not in fact see the beheading but Elias did Elias witnessed it and then immediately made his way around the uh, the lake there uh, to try to get Alice but she was already gone okay and, uh, so basically, so I think Jason didn't didn't even see it. Okay, so why did they show Jason be be the one to see it then? What's that? Then why was like the little boy there there seeing Pamela, and I believe he had the locket or whatever at the, when right after she was decapitated. Oh, oh, okay, okay. We're talking the uh, the reboot. Yes, the reboot. Uh, you know that is interesting. So they did change that a little bit, but uh, yeah, it didn't make much sense because. Uh, uh, the, the kid still had no shirt on. Right. You know, like wet and shivering, and he mm-hmm. wouldn't be there wet and shivering fucking 20 years later. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't be a kid. I mean? <laughs> yeah, and and, uh, and so if he was following around but not telling anyone about him, he would have been doing it in shorts with no shirt or shoes or whatever for all these years. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think that was just they're trying to jumble a bunch of story parts into uh, a ten-second thing and just trying okay. to like it makes put sense it all though. together. Because uh, I, I, I won't, 
I don't consider the reboot uh, really as uh, a director of any of the storylines. Okay. I find that more having, uh, you know, playing off the original right. storylines. Okay. And the other three questions I have really aren't um, about the original storyline, which is a good thing because it can get very jumbled. Um, but before the time, title card is revealed with the movie's name, we saw Jason, who was going to attack Whitney with the machete, and it looked like he came down on her and killed her. Um, what are, what are the, uh, your theories? Like, why didn't she die, even though it looked like she got sliced with the machete? Like, did he just hit the ground? or? I think that he took that swing, and he suddenly stopped, because as he was swinging, he realized it looks like his mom. Mm-hmm. So they're that's where they put in that little bit of a Jimmy thing uh, from the part two in there. But I, I think honestly that uh, that he stopped just short of splitting her skull in two because okay. it, you know, it, it, she, and then uh, later on they show that locket or whatever. Right, right. So um, this one more probably could be still self-explanatory maybe you ha- i just want to see if you have more insight on it but whitney's boyfriend mike we didn't see him get killed we just seen the machete stabbing through his leg and then he got drug underneath the floorboards in the cabin so it was an off-screen death technically so do you know how he could have just been killed was it just stabbings i i would think that uh yeah well I, I mean my obvious would be that yeah he would have been just stabbed the shit out of but the way Jason does things, I could see him, the way he drug him down on that floor, uh, again, either crushing his head or, 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 like, folding him in half backwards like the sheriff or something like that. Something very uh, brutal manhandling, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, uh, was the end of the movie a uh, dream, hallucination, or reality? Because we saw Jason ju- uh, jump through the dock and attack Whitney. Um, so, any theories on what happened there? Yeah, uh, I'm going to probably just go with the uh, dream sequence on that one. Alrighty. Sounds good. I, 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 mean... I would think because they, they they wanted to do that. Now, the whole point of the original dream sequence was to surprise and shock everybody. Nobody right. was ready for that at all. That wasn't part of the story. I mean, I'm just like, bam, holy shit. Right. Uh, this one was like, let's do that thing they did in another movie, too. And so, not only wasn't it very shocking, I think if they were going to do some kind of shock, it should have been way different. But, okay. um, yeah, I think, I just don't really count the reboot because I feel like they just tried to cram all the movies into one, all right. the storylines, basically, as far as they could into one. Right, because, I mean, definitely, look, he has, he, he has Elias's, uh, you know, sack from the second one and then the mask, the hockey mask in the second half of the movie. So, yeah, yeah it's like they, they were just trying to make, you know, all of the entire franchise into one, you know, hour and a half long movie. Exactly. Trying yep. to explain everything all the way through with, uh, you know. Yep. Basically, yep. I think it was, what, one through three or one through four, kind of. Right. So, um, mi- some miscellaneous questions I got. Um, any theories on the fact that after all of the murders that happened, year after year, day after day, whenever the story, the timeline takes place, why do people continue to go to Camp Crystal Lake to party and quote unquote camp? Well, I think uh, a couple of those, as as uh, shown by the mayor, a lot of these people. So after each one, they they figured that the killer was dead and gone. Right. Although the legend lived on, so 
these people, much like uh, obviously the mayor and, and the mayor from uh, Mayor Vaughn from Jobs, you know, right. uh, <laughs> apparently some bathers were injured or something. It's all good now, though. The beaches will remain open. So I feel like they downplayed all those murders because no one would fucking ever come around there and they wouldn't have any kind of money coming to that community. Right. And uh, not, not only downplaying the murders, but I think that each time they thought it was over. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, and uh, they just try to kind of like keep that under wraps and uh, blame it on this, that, or whatever mm-hmm. thing. Missing missing posters and, uh, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know because uh, normally you'd think if there's a psycho in the woods that's murdered, you know, uh, 70 people, that <laughs> might not be the area to go camping in. I don't know. Exactly. But, or even uh, party for that matter. I mean, you see everybody going to but parties. Then but, then, but then, you know, there's so many kids. Yeah. And even young adults that are like, "Oh fuck that! That is horseshit." I'm, I'm going camping there right now. I'm afraid of that, <laughs> right. you know. And then there's other people that just uh, say, say if they, if they kept that news uh, under wraps, at least kept it local. Right, right. So you you have these kids coming in from whatever, you know, a couple states away to go camping in this area of the woods. I mean, I, I live in Oregon here, and I can go up camping <laughs> in the woods, and I, I can't tell you the history of what's happened in that woods. I don't right. know. I just know it's the woods. And so you could have those people out there, you know, that I haven't even heard of it yet. And then, But usually they'll have the one guy. Okay, you know, in fact, I believe most of them haven't heard about it mm-hmm. because even in the reboot, you have the, 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 the telling of the legend of the story. Yeah, Paul. Mm-hmm. And in this one... Uh, you have the guy telling the story, and I think you have the other guy, like uh, the one guy knew, he corrected him. He's like, yeah, no, he cut that bitch's head off, you know, or whatever. Right. And uh, so the, the two of them had heard about this supposed legend that they didn't really, you know, believe in. But mm-hmm. two of them had heard of it, but they didn't believe in it, and the others had never heard of it. Right. So I think that they, uh, that's a little uh, political move by by the mayors and then and, and, uh, politicians in the area there trying to right. not scare people away or create a panic or even make people from that area move. Right, right. Because the, because most people that live there, either they knew where to go or where not to go because they're not, because the locals aren't the ones getting killed usually. Right. You yeah. know, the people coming in and, uh, and treading on ground uh, they don't know about, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, any theories on Jason's mortality before he was resurrected as a zombie and officially killed in part four by Tommy? And also, what theories do you have on Jason never being killed? And is there an actual way that he can be killed? Okay, so I always felt like Jason was killed at the end of four. Okay. And that up until then, he was, you know... uh, the kind of mongoloid that barely feels pain and is, is so adrenaline driven and all that and just happened to survive most of these uh, potentially survivable but you know terrible injuries he had mm-hmm. up until the uh, the machete through the side of the eye where he slid down and on his face you know <laughs> uh, that was that's what I considered the end now I have heard that the director said he was actually undead that whole movie hmm that that so, so that would put him as Chris Higgins had killed him and then he came back from the dead in the hospital. But I don't believe that. That's not the way I my theory goes with these movies. I think uh, you know when he was uh, when he was 
knocked out by, by Chris because uh, the axe didn't go that deep and it had a mask which it hit first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was knocked unconscious and probably had such low vitals that they uh, just figured he was dead or maybe even maybe he even did die for a minute or two. Right. Um, and so then they took him in and then he, uh, you know, he, he, he came back too and then killed everybody and everybody. And then uh, obviously he died in part four, part five was where in part six, of course, the resurrection. Now, right. as far as him being killed, no, I, I don't think he can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people like, you have that, uh, that uh, evil dead knife there that's supposed to, you know, that took him to hell and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Jason, every time he ended, boom, he's back. So you can right. take him out. You can even take him out, apparently, for years. Mm-hmm. Now, I think originally had Tommy not taking uh, a horse shack over there to fucking dig him up <laughs> there would be no more Jason because he was killed in four right and because of that electricity mm-hmm. and, the, and the you know that obviously was sent down uh, directly so that was you know that was no coincidence um, you know and then, then from that point on no he can't be killed he's half rotten coming out of the yeah coming out of the lake you know you can see all his spine and stuff and then yeah uh when they blew him into bits, uh, how he came back to get out. But that's again, that's part of that, uh, part of that supernatural dead eye, evil dead connection. Right. Okay. Um, so this one, I don't have on the list, but I wanted to ask it. I don't know exactly how to go about it. So I'll let you kind of like figure out a way that without like going into the whole detail of the story again, but can you explain or like piece together the timeline from parts one through Jason X? Like which which versions go where, so to speak? Oh, um, well, I mean, just the way I explain them is, you know, of course, if you looked at my my uh, my little four story there about how they got married, whatever, right? Then you got. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how to if I'm if I'm getting your question right, but uh, you just want me to run through the timeline real quick the way I pretty much see it, or um, more of like what orders do the movies happen? So like, um, and then like anything that might have happened in between. Like for example, you know we know that parts two, three, and four are kind of back to back to back, and then like Jason uh, X uh, is the very end. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Right, right. And a few years went by between, uh, I mean, you had the Roy murders going on and, and uh, between four and six. Um, I'm not sure how many years were from six to seven. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thought back on it to where does Jason just go back to his stomping grounds and as long as nobody bothers him, they're good for a while until something comes up and draws right. him out or he's... <laughs> Or he uh, then sat at the bottom of the lake for how many years each time? I don't know. Right. He's been, you know, sunk a few times. So, right. Uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting thought. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go through a list of all the survivors, including final girls and guys. Um, I'm excluding Jason X from the list. Um, and I would like to know your thoughts on what you think those survivors are doing with their lives and how they are mentally after they encounter Jason. Sound good? Okay. All right, so what about uh, Ginny? Ginny, I think, 
said she was a psych major, um, and she was very, very. Uh, she ended up being a very strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the hero girl, the final girl. She ended up like finding, finding uh, courage that I don't think that she knew that she had. Right. Um, I think that she thinks that uh, her psychology trick on. Elias, or who she thought was Jason, uh, was somewhat successful. So I think after all was said and done, she recouped, she grieved, and I think she went on to have a very successful psychology career using her experience as uh, just a jumping point. And, you know, she wrote several novels as a psychologist. Okay. And I, I think she went on to do well. In the, in the psychology field after that. I think it, I think it benefits her in the end. All right. Oh, Chris. Poor Chris. What happened to Chris? <laughs> Chris is in the freaking nut house. <laughs> she lost her freaking marbles, dude. She's gone. She is still, to this day, laughing at the wall. <laughs> she is just banana nuts. She's, right. She's gone. What about uh, Trish? Trish... Hmm. She had a rough go. Uh, hmm. I I see her as a survivor. Probably uh, probably went on to get married, have kids. Probably took care of her little brother for a while. Uh, I don't think. I think she's scarred by it. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a burden on her. But I think she has pretty successfully moved on with her life and has come to grips with, with everything and is, and is doing okay. Right. I can see her also like going around to people that have felt trauma and like like being like a motivational speaker type thing too. I yeah, can see yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What ab- some groups, group therapy right. and stuff. Right. What about Tommy? Tommy's an interesting one. He, uh, he, yes, uh, it was, Six is the last one we saw from him. I uh, I don't know. I I feel like Tommy. I feel like Tommy didn't have a a big happy ending. I think he. Uh, I think Jason just tormented him over and over again, no matter what. And I won't say he committed suicide or anything like that, but I think he is just like. Uh, almost like homeless he's he doesn't uh he doesn't thrive in today's world he's super antisocial he still right. has to take the meds he's still mm-hmm. bothered all the time he'll, he'll never be normal right right what about uh pam pam from part which five. one is she? She's she she was melanie kinnaman from part five. Oh yeah 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 okay um Oh yeah, yeah. Her and her and Reggie. Yes. Reggie the Reckless. Uh, yeah, I think she. Uh, I could see her. Her doing uh, uh, like talk show circuits and shit. She went on to be on like all these talk shows talking about <laughs> this copycat killer who had killed all of her friends and how she and the boy had rescued and so on and so forth and. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could see her doing that and then 
you know, this being uh, kind of a very interesting story, and then, uh, you know, right. writing some books again. Right. What about Reggie? Reggie the Reckless. <laughs> that fellow went on to success. He, uh, he used his sense of humor. I think mm-hmm. he became a comedian. <laughs> Unfortunately, he lost his brother, Demon. To those damn enchiladas, but <laughs> I think he, I think he went on uh, to used his funniness, and uh, you know maybe did some comedy, maybe became a, uh, a comedy writer or something. Right. I would like to think that uh, when Reggie turned eighteen, him and Pam uh, finally became boyfriend and girlfriend. and uh same with tommy i would like to see think he uh you know went on to marry megan have a couple of kids but i don't know like he was so tortured and tormented over the course of years i don't see tommy having that happy ending like you said but speaking of megan what happened to megan Good. What about Tina? Tina, 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 Tina. She, I think she's a tortured soul too. Mm-hmm. She is a tortured soul too. Um, then her mother was killed mm-hmm. by her fucking dirty doctor. Um, <laughs> you can say Jason killed her, but Doctor Cruz freaking used her as bait. He was a dick. Yes. He needed to die terribly. Yeah. I interviewed Terry, Terry Kaiser, and I, when I introduced him, I said, he played the vile Dr. Cruz, and he said, thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah. I think Tina, I think Tina was a tortured soul, but I think she, through much therapy, uh, and after defeating Jason I think that uh, that kind of put a, a an answer on what's been kind of bothering her for a long time she kind of, she kind of got some kind of closure right. on her feelings and her powers and what, what's her work what's her point what's her purpose you know kind mm-hmm. of thing and then I think she got closed closure uh, when she killed Jason um and then she, you know, she, like I said, she's a tortured soul. But I think she, she slowly kind of like healed herself and went mm-hmm. on to live a relatively normal life. Cool. What about uh, Nick? Nick was killed in a motorcycle accident. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. The guy. Uh, yeah, he didn't do a very good job of defending Tina. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I think he just went off and did his own thing. Did his own thing. Yeah, yeah. didn't even didn't even bother him. Right. So the next couple of people I'm going to do in groups because they were more so more or less you know couples in either relationship ways or family ways or whatever. What about uh, Rennie and Sean? About who? Rennie and Sean from Part Eight. Oh. And cute little Toby who's probably dead. I would think by now. 
<laughs> high school sweethearts. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they seemed they seemed like a genuine couple. Someone that actually stayed together, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. What about uh, <sighs> Jessica and Steven and and uh, little uh, Ste- was it Stephanie? I think the kid's name was. Which part? Uh, uh, Jason goes to hell. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With the little baby. Yes. Yeah, they, uh, they, 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 they raised that baby together. Okay. Sounds good. Um, from Freddy versus Jason, Lori and Will. Oh, Lori. Uh, yeah, I like to think that they. Uh, I like to think that they ended up together, and uh, nice. because they had so much in common, uh, and, and the people that didn't believe them when they were, you know, it was basically them against the world. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like to think that they, uh, okay. they kind of, you know, evened out and, uh, and got back to normal. Right, and the last one, Clay and Whitney. Clay and Whitney. Uh, Whitney, Whitney, Whitney. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, obviously their mom died yep. from cancer, wasn't it? Yep, yep. And, uh. Yeah, so I would assume that the two, uh, he he came there to rescue her, and he took her home. And they, uh, you know, she was able to go visit her mom and everything and, uh, you know, say her goodbyes and that kind of thing. And then I think the two of them uh, helped each other out until, you know, they got on their feet and right. everything got back to normal. Sounds good. So, last question I got for you: Any other theories or anything about the storyline that I may have missed, or that you want to, you know, discuss and say about uh, expand on before we end the interview? Uh, no, not really. Just that right. uh, you know, Elias was actually the hooded killer. Uh, Roy was the father of Joey and Jason. Nice. Um, and this this all ties everything together. Um, I do want to work a little bit, like I said, on the origin of Tina. And uh, possibly uh, Tommy's father, okay. and why there's such a why there's such a connection between the two. Other than the fact, I mean, the only other uh, obvious thing would be that the connection would be somehow if Jason had seen him in these masks that he wore, you know, and had mm-hmm. a little hideous face looking thing too. And I don't know. Okay, so I would love to have you back once you uh, get that part, you know we can kind of leave off where we left off and start into those things. It probably won't be as long of an interview. We've been having this interview for over two hours now. My longest interview I've had. My uh, my next, my next longest before this one was with Nancy McLaughlin, and it was an impromptu interview. I worked an eight-hour shift. I drove three. I was a two hours home from work, and she called me right when I pulled into my parents' driveway because I was visiting them for the weekend. So I, uh, so she called me right when I pulled in and said, "Scotty, I'm so sorry we missed the interview before. Can we set up another interview right now?" I'm like, I just drove home for two hours after an eight-hour shift of work, uh, but I'm like, why not? And we had an imp- my first ever impromptu interview that went on for an hour and a half. <laughs> and uh, I was actually talking to her and she wants to set up uh, a phone call not an interview or anything but just kind of to catch up and everything so that's pretty cool yeah but uh yeah, yeah I'm trying to yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get all this together because I'm gonna uh working on a book yeah so I want to get this whole timeline fixed and okay. all in a book and uh 
still ironing out some of the later stuff like you and I just discussed. Yeah. And uh, once I get those dialed in, though, hopefully uh, then it'll be typing it out and then, you know, yeah. double check for grammatical errors and all that crap. Yeah. And then uh, there you go. Is the book already written? Most of it? No, what I have is I've been doing video uh, parts. I have a bunch of private videos that I'm, as I'm talking the story and I'm correcting things. And then, okay. like, someone might have a question and whether uh, whether the question goes against something that I said and I have to figure out how that works or uh, a question that I, I had not been asked before, hadn't even thought about, and so I'll put a theory behind that, you know, okay. and see if it matches up with any of the other stuff. And, uh, nice. Yeah. So did I give you anything that you have to look back at? Uh, well, I am going to check more into, like I said, the, the Tommy origin and, and, and or Tommy's father and the, uh, the Tina origin or her dad. Did she, did she get her powers from her dad? Okay. Who is her dad? Where did he come from? Um, you know, and just get... Uh, Trying to get more in depth into the later movies in the franchise, uh, okay. as, as in depth as as uh, I am in the first five. Right. So, because I, I kind of I went in that order, so you know, I mean. Uh, right, right. I still got a lot to finish up on the on the uh, on the other end there, and then right. uh, get them all 100 percent connected. But they'll work, and uh, so far everything's coming together right nicely. I really, really loved this interview. It was very insightful. It really showed me a lot as a fan myself of the franchise, kind of like where things, you know, that didn't make sense in the Friday the 13th timeline and kind of narrow things down. Because, I mean, Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3 were basically the same day into the next day type of thing. And Jason has yeah, hair in one. Saturday the 14th. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jason has hair in one and he's bald and exactly not long later, but thinking of it being a Elias in part two and Jason in part three, it you know really carries things over and it makes th- make it makes a lot more sense than you know it originally did. Thinking of it, him with hair, literally like you know what did he do? Did he shave it off? You know what I mean? Like doesn't it didn't add up? So yeah, exactly. It just it, it just answers. And the fact that uh, I want to say it was a six six versus a six two or a six four. Yeah. Uh, so there was a huge difference in height, build, yep. and again Chris Higgins showed. Yeah. At least two or three summers ago, that he was wearing the same clothes he's wearing right now. Exactly. Exactly. And that was all going on because just yesterday was the dude in flannel killed everybody. Yeah. Exactly. And got his shoulder hacked, and when he showed up and killed Harold, he was able to lift that arm and whack him with the, uh, the meat cleaver or whatever yeah. pretty easily. I mean, yeah. he, did, he showed no, no scarring, no whatever, and of course it was. Uh, you know, the same clothes he's been wearing for years. Right. And since they steal their clothes basically off of uh, off of uh, clotheslines or just get them wherever they are, you know, that, that, that doesn't happen very often. So you get your clothes and you just wear it forever until you have to go find something new. Right. And you may have answered this question. I did have one more that I thought of. So... Um, how, was Jason a boy when uh, when Friday the 13th Part 2 was happening with Elias killing, and how did he become an adult in Part 3 if that was the case? Okay, so... Uh... No, by uh, he, he was an adult. Okay. So when he washed up on shore in 1957, mm-hmm. he was the boy that we all think of, the boy in the dream sequence, right. the boy. Now, that was 1957, 67, 77, 80, you know, he was like yeah. 20, 22, 23 years old. That makes old. sense. 
by the time part two was going. Yeah. So he would have been walking around in that green shirt, following his dad around, learning how to kill, how to trap, how to hunt. Um, right. And I, I think this would make the most amazing fan film because you could shoot, reshoot part two, everything. The, 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 you could even rent the real house, but the, the wheelchair scene, all of it from a different point of view where it's Jason watching Elias do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and with the with the full, you know, uh, four story and all that, and then the Roy. But that'd yeah. actually be pretty cool. I th- I even I heard that there's a fan film coming out. Uh, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but it's a prequel to Part One, where uh, huh. where they're gonna be. I just seen it on the Friday the Thirteenth Franchise dot com website. Somebody is doing an Indiegogo, I believe, for it, and they're gonna explore the early life, the teen years of Pamela. Um, up to her family life, her marriage, and into Jason's childhood, up to his drowning, and into the deaths of uh, from 1979. In my story, in my in my story, I put that in there too, and how she, uh, nice, you know, in the little town she grew up in, and then uh, how she met Elias, and uh, you know, right. where she worked, and her aspirations, and then of course Roy at that time was young, he was like wanting to go to med school, so he was trying all this pre med crap, but he ended up uh, you know staying on driver instead. Right. Uh, or paramedic, whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm a filmmaker as well. I don't know if you followed any of my Gravestone Films posts or anything. Um, we have our first movie coming out called Samhain. Um, But, I, I mean, even, like, a fan film of Friday the 13th, because uh, obviously we can't make money off of it, but uh, a fan film off of Friday the 13th based on these, and if you even... I don't know if I would do it, of course, but if I ever did and I it, would... It, I would obviously ask your permission if I could use any of your your theories, and I'd ha- and maybe I would even recruit you as part of the uh, scripting team and help me like That'd narrow awesome. it down. I mean, this would be. I mean, I would definitely give you as much credit as possible with it. Where do you uh, Where do you live at? Um, we live out in. Uh, I live in uh, Maryland, but uh, the film company is based out of Ashland, Pennsylvania, which is where my parents and my family's from, and everybody. A lot of our local actors from our from my first movie are in. I got a lot of people, a lot of friends that are shooting over there in that area. Nice. Yeah. Do you ever hear of Centralia? Oregon. I was like, hope somebody be shooting around here sometime. <laughs> I'd love to. Yes. Did you ever hear of Centralia? Cent- what? Did you ever hear of Centralia, Pennsylvania? I have not. You have to look into the history of Centralia. You would be fascinated with Centralia. Um, Centralia is... Um, like it's an underground mine fire, and it's, they basically think it's like hell coming to Earth. Um, all the ha- oh, is, you ever hear of it? I I think is this the one that they they, they equate to like Silent Hill? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we we filmed some of my movie in Centralia. I live five minutes from Centralia. Wow. Yes. And every what time. A cool area to be able to backdrop. Yeah. Exactly, and we filmed in Centralia. There was a lot of places inside that we couldn't, like we couldn't film on Graffiti Highway because that's no trespassing. We couldn't film in the in the graveyard itself because it's no trespassing. But there's a spot um, all the way behind the graveyard in the middle of the woods that people have bush parties and they uh, do bonfires and that. And we did our ending scene up there. We did a couple of like scenes throughout the you know middle of the movie um, to the side of the of the uh, cemeteries in Centralia. But it, it was very fun, and uh, like we filmed um, the ending scene at like twelve o'clock at night um, in the in the woods of Centralia, and everybody was feeling so many ghosts and spectral presence. It was crazy, huh. because it's such I, uh, it's a haunted place. I shoot like uh, 
I do a lot of videos, like skits, right. comedy, comedy horror skits. Nice. And uh, but I have ideas for movies, um, nice. like two in particular. But uh, so this last summer, I decided to hell with it. I'm I'm gonna go shoot this movie. Right. And so uh, all I nice. had was my niece and her friend. It's a good friend. Nice. And, uh, so what we did is we went to the, uh, and I have a nice camcorder, but I got two of them. They're 1080p, whatever. They're nice, right. but uh, they're not like movie cameras, you know. But right. uh, So we went, I took her to the fucking, uh, Oaks Park is the uh, United States, I think it's the second largest uh, like outdoor carnival type, whatever you call it. Right. Amusement Park. And, mm-hmm. um, so we just went down there and I acted like I was like filming my niece, you know, with these camcorders, but so I could use that whole fucking carnival as a backdrop. That'd and be I got awesome. like, I bought foam axes and shit and nice. uh, all this movie blood and everything. So I filmed half of it. Now, the first half that I filmed, I still have to film the death scenes that I mm-hmm. insert in there. And okay. then I have to film the second half, which is the big death scene and everything. I got, uh, my buddy's got a fire truck. Nice. Uh, and we're going to use uh, my other buddy's drone for a shot, you know. Nice, yeah. Um, but I ended up, uh, I just took what I had right now and I made a little fake trailer out of it. The, the Carney trailers. So nice. But, so I, I was using the camcorder and then making it look really vintage, putting lines in the film, making it look old, like Grindhouse, because, and, and it actually worked perfect with a camcorder to do that. Um, but I hope to finish that this next summer. And uh, Nice. I also uh, have been doing a lot of, like, voice work lately, which has been a lot of fun. I get a lot of people calling me to do, like, little fake trailers and stuff for nice. them. I love that kind of thing. That's awesome. That's great. But, yeah, uh, Check out, if you get bored, check out my uh, playlist. Sounds stuff, good. Spam Chuckers Castle. That's the last question I was going to ask. Anywhere you want people, anything you want to promote, anywhere you want people to find you, anything that you yeah, want to uh, reach out? YouTube, Spam Chuckers Castle. Okay. Uh, just the, the best of playlist is where I keep all my skits and stuff. Uh, I am on Facebook under Troy Elke, O-E-L-K-E. However, I'm kicked off that profile uh, at the moment. I'll be back on again. I get picked up all the time for shenanigans, <laughs> um, like all the time. So anyway, yeah, that's where uh, most can reach me. Uh, I don't really, I think I have an Instagram, but I don't hardly use it. I don't know what the hell the address is. On Twitter, <laughs> I only go out there to troll people. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, check out Spam Chuckers Castle on YouTube. I actually got that name by throwing spam. I won a contest where I had to throw spam across the room and do a bucket that I won. Nice. So they called me Spam Tucker Jones and it stuck. Nice. So after uh, I can't like I turn off the like stop recording and everything, I'll uh message you and I'll uh, let you know our, our uh, Gravestone Films Facebook page and uh, our uh, YouTube page and if you can give us a follow I'll give you a follow on YouTube as well because I know uh, awesome. Greg was telling me about all your videos and I really wanted to get a chance to watch them I haven't gotten a chance yet because I'm so busy with working and this pandemic going on so I'm working from home and yeah, because yeah. of because of this just goofy no budget okay gets- yeah, sounds great. I would definitely uh, look into them, and everybody else listening, uh, go give them a go give them a, you know go look at look at them, follow them, on, get them a subscription on YouTube, and uh, you know thank you Troy for uh, coming on. Back. What was that? Uh, you bet. Thanks for having me, and I would uh, 
always saying I'll sub I'll sub anybody back. Awesome. Trade subs, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> yep, man. I, uh, not a problem. Had a really good time. You're fun to talk to. And thank I you. Would, uh, gladly do it again sometime. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, definitely, we'll be in touch. Obviously, for just talking, you know, the bullshit or just to talk about anything about horror, Halloween, Friday Thirteenth, whatever you're into. And I'm a big horror movie buff, so I would definitely be into that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, and you have a good rest of your night, and stay safe. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye.